48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is taken to hospital after being shot while he was out campaigning. Exhibition organisers call on the government for a roadmap on when and how the SAR will lift travel restrictions. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson comes under growing pressure to step down immediately and Hong Kong International Airport's third runway starts operating. The former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been taken to hospital after being shot while delivering a speech in the city of Nara in western Japan. From Tokyo, here's the BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes. Mr Abe was giving a stump speech for a candidate in the city of Nara when two shots rang out. Eyewitnesses say they saw a man with what they describe as a large gun fire at Mr Abe twice from behind. The first shot appears to have missed, but the second shot hit Mr Abe in the back. He immediately fell to the ground, bleeding from the chest. Security police pounced on the man, who made no attempt to run away. Mr Abe has been rushed to hospital, but latest reports say he is in a state of cardiopulmonary arrest. That suggests Mr Abe may be dead, but that has not yet been confirmed. This is a huge shock for people in Japan, where gun ownership is very tightly controlled and political violence almost unheard of. The Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is expected to brief the media in about half an hour. Mr Kishida suspended his election campaign after the shooting. Some exhibition organisers have called on the government to provide a clear roadmap on how Hong Kong can lift COVID travel restrictions. They say their trade has been hit hard by the pandemic and several international exhibitions have moved to nearby places that have eased travel restrictions. The vice chairman of the Exhibition and Convention Industry Association, Peter Chung, says exhibitions need around nine months to plan, so the sector needs to know what the government has in mind going forward. I fully understand the current Hong Kong situation. I'm not asking for the free quarantine at this moment. I do want to have the very clear roadmap for how the situation, on what condition, that will reach the free quarantine requirement. I mean the, the timeline. Mr Chang was speaking at a press conference organised by the DAB, which has urged the government to cut the current seven-day hotel quarantine to five days plus two days of home quarantine. A survey has suggested more than half of Hong Kong people agree with Chief Executive John Lee's results-oriented approach to governance. FTU lawmaker Bill Tang and New Youth Forum said they polled more than 700 people by telephone since late June. They said that more than 60% of respondents were dissatisfied with the current economic and livelihood situation. But around 53% agreed with the governing principle advanced by the Chief Executive. Mr Tang said this is a good start for the administration. In the past, maybe someone uh, get out because Johnny is the show candidate in the campaign. Maybe his idea uh, not match with the lead of the public. But from this survey, actually his principle, his suggestion match the people's lead or expectation on the new term uh, government. So I think it's a very good start uh, for Johnny to leading his new government. The fire services department says no one was hurt in a number three alarm fire at a house at 9 Anderson Road in Sao Malping overnight. It said a total of four breathing apparatus teams and four pipes were deployed against the fire, which began at about half past 12 this morning and was largely extinguished by just after half past eight. It said it's still investigating the cause of the blaze. 
A professor from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health has played down the recent upward trend in COVID cases in the SAR. Associate Professor Vijay Danasekaran made the comments after Hong Kong reported more than 3,000 COVID cases for the first time since April, with officials warning that it could climb up to 6,000 a day. But Professor Danasekaran said he's mainly concerned about people who are very frail and people who still haven't had their third jab. Speaking to RTHK, he also said the authorities should consider setting up permanent facilities, specifically catering for vulnerable elderly people, instead of automatically sending even mild cases to hospital. I think Hong Kong should, is now is the time to think about some permanent solution. And this is just not during COVID, right? This is a permanent solution Hong Kong is always having and the public system is always pressurised. So I think the government should at least build some specific facilities to take care of the frail, especially when they don't want to be in a restrictive care facility when they're sick. But I can understand that. But I think we had you know, residential uh, elderly care hospitals, designated hospitals where we can actually take these residential care, take, the, take it to temporary care and then release them back into the society. Health officials said they found 12 positive coronavirus cases and one indeterminate result after an overnight lockdown of Minghui House in Mingna Court in Taipo. They said a total of 1,157 people were tested during the lockdown. Separately, officials said they found one positive case after locking down Tai Lak House in Tak Tin Estate in Kuntong. They said about 920 people were tested. Hong Kong International Airport's third runway officially began operations today. A government flying service plane was the first aircraft to land on the tarmac as part of Operation Familiarization flights on the runway at 8.24am. This was shortly followed by a Cathay Pacific cargo flight from Shanghai Pudong, which touched down just three minutes later. The reconfiguration of the airport's three runways and the building of a new passenger concourse are expected to be completed by 2024. Turning overseas now, and the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is coming under growing pressure to stand down immediately after confirming that he was stepping down as leader of the Conservative Party. Mr Johnson said he had appointed a new cabinet and would stay on as Prime Minister until his successor was chosen. But opposition party leaders and a growing number of his own MPs say that's unacceptable. The former Prime Minister John Major called for him to go now for the sake of the country. The BBC's Ione Wells has more on the timetable to replace him. The expectation is those initial stages will happen quite quickly. Remember that first, any hopeful leadership candidates need to get the support of enough Tory MPs and get through those first stages. Then the crucial test, once it's in the final two, is getting the votes of Tory party members. Whoever wins that battle then becomes the new Conservative Party leader and by default then the new Prime Minister. Now a new Prime Minister is expected by September. The exact time frame though is still unclear. The former U.S. police officer whose murder of George Floyd sparked international protests in support of black rights has been given a new prison term. The officer, Derek Chauvin, who is white, has been sentenced to more than 20 years on federal charges for violating Mr. Floyd's civil rights. The BBC's Rihanna Croxford reports. Derek Chauvin is already serving a sentence in Minnesota for murdering Mr. Floyd after he knelt on his neck. The killing, captured on a bystander's phone, led to a wave of global demonstrations against racial injustice. Now, Chauvin has also been sentenced to 21 years in a federal prison for depriving Mr. Floyd of his civil rights, including by kneeling on him as he was in handcuffs and for failing to provide medical care during his arrest. In court, Mr. Floyd's brother said he was still haunted by his dying screams. Chauvin did not apologise for his actions and will serve both his sentences at the same time. 
The American basketball star Brittany Griner has pleaded guilty to a drugs charge in Russia. Ms Griner was arrested at an airport in Moscow in February when cannabis oil vape cartridges were found in her luggage. One of her lawyers, Alexander Boykov, said it had been an honest mistake. She admitted that it was hers, but she said that it was unintentionally brought to Russia because she was in a hurry as she was packing and it was just by accident it ended up in her luggage. The Securities and and Futures Commission says its chief executive, Ashley Alder, will step down to become chair of Britain's Financial Conduct Authority. Mr Alder has led Hong Kong's markets watchdog since 2011 and will take up his new post in January next year. A U.S. jury has convicted the former president of the Silicon Valley firm Theranos of defrauding investors. The BBC's James Clayton reports. Sonny Balwani was the number two at Theranos, the company's president. Theranos claimed to be able to conduct tests on hundreds of diseases with just a few drops of blood. The claims, though, were fantasy science and the company collapsed. In a fraud case against Balwani, his lawyers argued that he'd sunk his own money into the company and genuinely believed in the efficacy of the technology. However, a jury found him guilty on all 12 counts of fraud. Indeed, he was found guilty of several charges that his partner, Elizabeth Holmes, was acquitted of in January, including of defrauding patients. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,688. That's 44 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $60.1 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 135.57 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent. And the pound gets you 9 Hong Kong dollars and 41 cents. To sports and we start with tennis. Rafael Nadal has confirmed he's pulling out of Wimbledon after failing to recover from an abdominal injury. The 22-time Grand Slam champion pushed through the pain to win his quarterfinal match in five sets against Taylor Fritz on Wednesday. But he's now been forced to withdraw. I made my decision because I, I believe that I can't win two matches under these circumstances. You know, I can't serve... Uh... It's not only that I can't serve at the right speed, it's, uh, it's that I can't uh, do the um, normal movement to serve, you know. So uh, after say that, uh, uh, imagine myself winning uh, two matches uh, and for, for respect to myself in some way, uh, I don't want to go out there. Uh, not be competitive enough to play at this uh, at the level that I need to to play to to achieve my goal and with a big chance to to make the things uh, much worse. Nadal's absence means it will be a first Grand Slam final for Nick Kyrgios. The Australian will face the top seed Novak Djokovic or Britain's Cameron Norrie. There will be a new name on the women's singles trophy after semi-final wins for Ons Shabur of Tunisia and Elena Rybikina of Kazakhstan. By beating Tatiana Maria of Germany, Jabur became the first African woman to reach a Grand Slam singles final. I'm a proud Tunisian woman standing here today and uh, uh, I know in Tunisia they're going crazy right now. Uh, hopefully, you know, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I just try to inspire really as much as I can, you know. I want to see more and more, uh, not just Tunisian, Arab, African players on tour. I, I just love love the game and uh, I want to share, you know, this experience with them. Uh, I see the juniors playing here, either 14. I saw some players and I hope they uh, really uh, grow up and, and be here, play here on the center court. In the second semi-final, Ribakina dominated the former champion Samola Halep 6-3, 6-3. And she's also making history as the first woman representing Kazakhstan to play in a Grand Slam final. It was a great match and uh, Simona, she's a great champion and uh, we had uh, many tough matches before. I was really focused today and uh, I'm really happy with my performance because I, I think that I played uh, really solid today. I was nervous, of course, but uh, I think the matches before helped me a bit. I played first time on uh, court one, two matches there, and uh, today I played first time on center court. But I think the atmosphere which I had before helped me a lot. And today when the full crowd was uh, cheering for us, but I was quite nervous. And uh, I'm really happy that I managed to, to win in the end. Also at Wimbledon, Hong Kong's Coleman Wong capped a respectable campaign in the junior competition by going as far as the quarter-final stage. The two-time Grand Slam doubles champion and his American partner, Michael Jung, were beaten in three sets by Jacob Mensik and Olaf Pichkowski. Wong went head-to-head -head with Jung in the singles quarter-finals and came up short, losing 6-4, 6-3. In football, Norway opened their women's European Championship campaign and a comfortable 4-1 win over with a comfortable 4-1 win over Northern Ireland. Norway's victory at Southampton moved them level with hosts England at the top of Group A. England kicked off the tournament on Wednesday, beating Austria 1-0. Rugby Now and World Rugby has released a statement clarifying its concussion safety measures after Ireland was criticised for selecting Captain Johnny Sexton for the second test against New Zealand. Critics said Ireland had failed to observe the protocols, noting that All Blacks lock Sam Whitelock had been omitted from tomorrow's test in Dunedin after he suffered delayed concussion symptoms. World Rugby said any player who displays clear signs of concussion during a match, such as loss of, loss of consciousness, loss of balance and daze, should be permanently removed from the play and must not, be, must not return to play before 12 days. Now for time for a look at the weather. It will be mainly fine and very hot apart from isolated showers. Moderate east to southeasterly winds. The outlook, a few showers and sunny periods tomorrow and it will be mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. Right now it's 33 degrees Celsius, relative humidity is at 64% and the very hot weather warning is in force. To end the news, top stories once again. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is taken to hospital after being shot while he was out campaigning. Exhibition organisers call on the government for a roadmap on when and how the SAR will lift travel restrictions. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson comes under growing pressure to step down immediately and Hong Kong International Airport's third runway starts operating. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. How are you all doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to Phil Whelan for this morning's Morning Brew as well. We've got a busy show for you this Friday afternoon. First of all, we'll be catching up and talking with award-winning artist Prudence Mack about her solo exhibition, Growing Up in a Heartbeat, which documents her work and development over the past 20 years. She'll be joining us at 1.30, so stay tuned to that. And after the two o'clock news, we want to end the week with Good News Friday, a brand new segment where we hear some stories that bring some much needed